Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Mackenzie campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation, and our world. much Hannah it was so awesome to be able to bless some of our mums from across our campuses this morning for Mother's Day and a happy Mother's Day to all of you we want to send big blessings to all our mothers our grandmothers our aunties and our mothers in the faith today we love you all we think you're all awesome Why don't you right now click on that love heart button in the chat and show all our mums how much we love them today Now, today we're continuing in our No Other Name series. Names are important. They tell us a lot about a person. In fact, for all our mums of young kids out there, your your name tells me something of the status of your life at the moment. There's a strong possibility that you're sleep deprived, you're exhausted, and you're struggling just to put on matching shoes when you go out for your ISO walk. Others of you who carry the name mum have been faced with some really unique parenting challenges in this last season as you've become teacher, along with all the other hats that you carry. I hope it hasn't been too overwhelming for you in this season and you've actually enjoyed getting to engage with your kids in their learning. You know, personally as a mum, I'm just struggling to keep up uh, the stock in the fridge and the pantry with young adult children that are spending more time at home. You know, if you carry the name grandma, this coronavirus has made it a lot harder for you to live up to your name all the spoils and the treats and the hugs and the sleepovers. You know, my my prayers have really been with you in this season and the unique challenges that you're facing. You know, I hope you found some ways to connect with uh, your grandkids and your families online. Can I just say that today of all days, you're not too old to get online and connect with those that you love. Grandkids, maybe you can jump on Zoom with your grandma today, have a cup of tea with her, tell her how much you love her and how much you miss her. Grandmas really love cups of tea, or so I'm told at least. You know, names tell us a lot about a person and the names of God reveal a lot about him and his character too. The variations of the names used for God throughout the Old Testament reveal the different aspects of God's character and the nature of the relationship that we're invited to have with him. You know, they intrinsically inform us that there is one true God who is eternal and almighty. And the Bible tells us in Hebrews 1 that Jesus is the exact representation of Jesus, of God, sorry, in human form. All the characteristics of God are perfectly reflected in the person of Jesus, God's Son. You know, most of the names that we hear of God in Scripture were given by God himself to tell us what he's like. But the one that we're going to look at today is the only name in Scripture that's given by a person, a mother, in fact, in the Old Testament, a mother named Hagar, who found herself all alone in desperate and overwhelming circumstances. 
This name that she gives God reveals the intimate nature of God's relationship with mankind. And it's a name that later was lived out by Jesus in the way that he related to everyone that he encountered. This name in Hebrew is El Roy, and it means the God who sees. Now, to understand Hagar's story a little bit better and her experience with God, which we find in Genesis 16, we actually have to go back to the story of Abram and Sarai. Now, we read in Genesis chapter 11 that Sarai was childless because she was unable to conceive. That was a pretty big deal for Sarai. Having children was a really important role for women in Old Testament times, especially a boy that would carry on that family lineage. And Sarah was unable to do that for Abram. Yet in chapter 12, God speaks to Abram and he makes him a whole stack of promises. And in amongst that was that he was going to have offspring. Sarai was going to become a mum. Yay, hope is restored for Sarai. Yet by the time we get to chapter 14, which is only two chapters further on in scripture, actually 10 years have passed and Sarai still hasn't had a child. 10 years of trying, of waiting for the promise that God made to be fulfilled. And she was getting old. I mean, she should have been a grandma by now, probably many times over. But she's still waiting to have a child for herself, just like God had promised. Have you ever felt like God wasn't working fast enough? I tell you, five weeks in isolation as an extrovert, I'm feeling like God is not moving fast enough to find some kind of vaccine or some, some other miraculous way out of this situation that we find ourselves in. Can I hear an amen from all the extroverts out there? But I know the pain of waiting is, is actually a very real struggle for some of you at the moment. Maybe there's something that you've been waiting for and praying for and you you don't understand why it hasn't happened yet. You're crying out to God for answers and for breakthrough. And I really pray that this morning you're encouraged and you're comforted by the fact that God sees you and he's right there with you in this season of waiting. If you feel like God isn't working fast enough in your circumstances, then Sarai really knew how you were feeling. But what we learn from Sarai is what not to do in the season of waiting, where you feel like God's not working fast enough. She's getting so impatient after 10 years of waiting that she decides to plot her own way forward. We pick up the story in Genesis 16. Now, Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. So she said to Abram, the Lord has kept me from having children. Go, sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Abram agreed to what Sarah said. 
So after Abram had been living in Canaan 10 years, Sarah, Sarai, his wife, took her Egyptian slave Hagar and gave her to her husband to be his wife. He slept with Hagar and she conceived. Talk about dramas. You can imagine after 10 years of waiting, Sarai's desperate. And the plan she devises sounds pretty shocking to us like something out of a Netflix drama. It's hard for us to believe when we look at this story through our own social context that this was actually a normal practice. But you need to understand that for Abram and Sarai in their time, this was culturally appropriate. A Sarai slave, Hagar, would have a child by Abram that Sarai would then raise as her own. If only it were that easy. Who knows that affairs of the heart are never that easy. You see, this is the thing that Sarai had most desperately desired. She had longed to be a mother and all the experiences that came with it. She longed for the status that being a mother would bring her. And it was such an important role to play for her husband and for the family line. This is the thing she desires most. And Hagar gets to experience it all. Hagar gets what Sarai couldn't. She conceives with Abraham and experiences all the things that Sarai had waited a lifetime to experience. You know, some of you I know know the pain of that journey. I've sat with you and I've prayed with you. You've also experienced what it's like to watch others have the joy of conception while you're still waiting for it to happen. That pain is very real and today my heart is crying out with yours and interceding for a miracle on your behalf. And I know that for others of you, you've had to come to accept that this will actually never happen for you and today is quite a painful day for you. And to you, I say, I'm, I'm also praying that pain and that loss is real and you are in my thoughts and prayers. You know, it's easy to imagine that Sarai would be experiencing feelings of bitterness and anger and intense jealousy. And whether it's because of the jealousy inflicted on her by her mistress or whether Hagar resents Sarai for what she's been subjected to, or maybe because of both, Hagar actually comes to despise her mistress. And we keep reading the story in Genesis chapter 16. When she knew she was pregnant, she began to despise her mistress. Then Sarai said to Abram, you are responsible for the wrong that I'm suffering. I put my slave in your arms and now she knows she's pregnant. She despises me. May the Lord judge between you and me. Your slave is in your hands, Abram said. Do with her what you think best. Then Sarai mistreated Hagar, so she fled from her. For Hagar, the situation she'd found herself in through no fault of her own has become so toxic and unbearable that she feels she's got no other option but to flee. So she runs to the desert. It's better to be in the desert. In fact, it's better to die in the desert than 
be subjected to abuse and the toxicity emanating from Sarai's anger and jealousy. And it's in this desert place that God meets with Hagar. In the middle of her pain and her suffering, God speaks a word to her. And she discovers a God who saw her, her knew and knew her name. And right now, whatever pain and suffering you're going through, God sees you and he knows your name. I don't know if you've noticed in the scripture that we've read, but Sarah and Abram never call Hagar by her name. She was called slave and the Egyptian, but never addressed with enough respect to be called by her name. But when she flees to the desert, she has this encounter with the living God. And listen to this. The angel of the Lord found Hagar near a spring in the desert. It was the spring that is beside the road to Shur. And he said, Hagar, see, he calls her by name, Hagar, slave of Sarai. Where have you come from and where are you going? I'm running away from my mistress, Sarai, she answered. Then the angel of the Lord told her, you see, he had a plan for her. Go back to your mistress and submit to her. The angel added, I will increase your descendants so much that they will be too numerous to count. What a blessing in the middle of the desert and in the middle of her pain. The angel of the Lord also said to her, you're now pregnant and you will give birth to a son. You shall name him Ishmael for the Lord has heard of your misery. He'll be a wild donkey of a man and his hand will be against everyone and everyone's hand against him. And he will live in hostility towards all his brothers. God says to Hagar, I see you. I see you in your current circumstances. And Hagar, I see your future when you can't see it for yourself. And I'm going to bless you and your descendants, even though you can't see that blessing yet for yourself, because I'm a God who loves to bless all people. You know, I love her response in this encounter, her recognition of this intimate characteristic of God. She gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. Alone and abandoned in the desert, the Lord appears to Hagar and he calls her by name. The God of the universe sees her all alone and he calls her by name. He doesn't call her by her status in society, by her function or by her job or even by her nationality. Hagar was an Egyptian and Egyptians, like all other cultures in her time, worshipped and bowed down to multiple gods that could be seen. Gods made of gold or wood or, or stone, shaped by their own hands. But Hagar... Hagar has an encounter with the living God. And this encounter was different to anything that she had ever experienced or ever known before. 
like all, unlike all other gods that she knew, this God saw her. This God wasn't made of stone and wood. He was living and he saw her. God saw Hagar as his daughter and he calls her by name. You know, I'm part of a church of 5,000 people across five campuses. And as much as I try, I can't remember all your names. And I'm really sorry because I do try. I have enough trouble remembering the names of my four kids. I mean, Joey half the time gets called Max after uh, the dog. But do you know there are 7,781,233,941 people alive in the world today, give or take a few. But God knows each and every one of us by name. This is incredible. The God of the universe knows each and every person by name. The almighty creator is a personal God. He sees and loves all people of all colours, of all backgrounds, of all cultures, of all nationalities. And it's in this moment that Hagar becomes the only person in all of history to come up with a new name for God, naming this intimate, holy attribute of God, El Roy, the God who is alive and sees her. You know, you might see yourself as a mother of four kids and a wife of one like me. You might see yourself as an essential worker in this season or maybe you found yourself unemployed because of circumstances right now. You might see yourself as a provider or as a caregiver for the family. Or you might see yourself as a victim, abandoned, abused, And these might be your circumstances, but they're not your identity. Just as God had something to say to Hagar about her identity, he wants to speak to your identity today. You know, maybe like Hagar, you've been feeling insignificant in this season. Now, God wants to remind you who he says you are. And I've picked out just a couple of scriptures today and I want you to take hold of 1 John 3 uh, 3 verse 1. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. He calls us his sons and his daughters. Ephesians 2 verse 10. For we are God's masterpiece. You are a masterpiece of Almighty God. He's created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. You know, our online hosts are going to post up right now a whole stack of other scriptures that I'd love for you to either write down or screenshot right now. And sometime during this week, I want to encourage you to read them, start learning them off by heart, Start speaking the truth of who God says you are. It's a great opportunity. You can, right now, you can stick them up on your office wall or on your fridge or on the mirror in your bathroom to start learning and speaking these truths for yourself. Now, he's the God who sees you and speaks truth to your identity. Whatever you're going through right now, God sees you. He knows your name. 
and he wants to bring healing to your pain. Hagar found herself in the desert alone in her pain, but she discovered a God who sees her and his word brought healing to her pain, even though her circumstances were still tough. You know, there's another woman that we read about in scripture who also felt abandoned and in pain, both physical and emotional. She'd been bleeding for 12 years. She was leading a very isolated life due to her medical condition. You know, we might be feeling a little bit isolated right now. We might feel a little bit awkward when we're in the supermarket and walking down that aisle and where do I walk? How far do I have to get away? Or maybe as you're out doing your exercise, it's uncomfortable. But imagine if one of those people that you are passing either on your exercise or in the supermarket is carrying a sign that says this. What would you do? What would your reaction be? Maybe you'd just run away. Maybe you'd sidestep them. You certainly wouldn't be hugging them right now. It actually gives us just a small insight into how life was for this woman except that she was unclean and isolated for 12 years, not just 12 days. Because of her condition, she was ostracised and having to live in constant isolation. She knew what real isolation was. She knew true loneliness. And I reckon she would have felt quite ashamed and unloved. She was so desperate for healing that she risked sneaking into the crowd that was around Jesus. People were everywhere. I mean, there was no social distancing happening whatsoever. And she takes the opportunity to sneak into the crowd and reach out and touch the cloak of Jesus. And it says she was healed instantly. And Jesus, knowing that somebody had touched him, from among this massive crowd, didn't let her go unnoticed. In Luke 8, it says, Jesus said, someone touched me. I know that power has gone out from me. Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. And in the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him. I mean, that in itself has got to be humiliating. And how she had, though, been instantly healed. Then he said to her, and I love this, he says, daughter. He makes it personal. Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. You see, the physical touch brought physical healing. But the words that Jesus spoke in front of her whole community actually brought her emotional and relational healing. He calls her daughter. He brings her back into the family. But the words that Jesus spoke actually healed her emotionally and in doing so, he then brought her back into the community. She's no longer, she no longer has to isolate. I mean, she's out of quarantine after 12 years. 
In a time where there's no virus testing, Jesus' words brought her back to community. Now, Jesus is the exact representation of God in human form. He came to show us exactly what God was like. He's no longer an unseen God. And Jesus, the exact representation of God, saw this woman in her pain. He noticed her among so many others and his word brought her true healing. He is the God who sees. Maybe you're feeling isolated and in pain today. Maybe you're feeling unnoticed and insignificant. Jesus has a word for you too. You are not unnoticed. God sees you and he knows you by name. You're not insignificant. You are significant to God and he wants to bring healing to your pain. Like this woman, you need authentic, loving community. This is not the time to do life alone. Like this woman, it's the time to reach out to the body of Christ to find community, to find hope and to find healing. Right now, you can click on the prayer button in our chat box and one of our team would love to come and pray with you in this season. We'd love to connect you into a life group, which is a fantastic way of, of belonging to authentic and loving community and doing life together in this season. You can just fill out one of our online connect cards and tick that you want to join a life group and somebody will be in contact with you this week. It's as simple as that. Or if there's another way that as a church family we can support you in this season, then you can also fill that out on, on an online connect card and we'll be in contact with you because we want to love and support you. You know, at Gateway, we are part of the body of Christ. We want to live out what we see Jesus doing. He welcomed all people into community and we want to welcome all people too. It doesn't matter what your background is or what struggles you're in right now. Everyone is always welcome at Gateway. This is not the time to be doing life alone. Reach out to someone today. Now, God... God sees you right now in the midst of your pain that you're carrying. He sees you. Even though it's tough right now, he sees you and he's with you and he wants to heal your pain. Now, we find healing when we're in the presence of God and when we find loving community. Now, God sees your struggles in this season and he has strength to give you to endure. Now, sometime after Hagar um, had her boy, Sarah does give birth to her own child, a son named, named Isaac, just as God had promised. And Hagar found herself and her boy banished to the desert once again. She thought they were going to die, but God still saw her when no one else did. Genesis 21 tells us, God heard the boy crying and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said, what is the matter, Hagar? Do not be afraid. 
God has heard the boy crying as he lies there. Lift the boy up and take him by the hand for I will make him into a great nation. See, God's promise still stands. Then God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water. So she went and filled the skin with water and gave the boy a drink. See, God opened her eyes to see what they needed in this season and he gave her the strength to endure. And God has strength to give you right now. Maybe you're in a season of struggle. You're feeling under pressure. You might feel isolated, abandoned, displaced or in pain. All the plans that you've made for 2020 for yourself or for your family or for your workplace, they've all gone out the window because of COVID-19. Already it's been a massive year of change and uncertainty. Our worlds have been thrown into chaos. I know mine has too and I've really struggled with it. I've struggled with fear, anxiety, uncertainty, overwhelm. I've cried plenty of tears and I've had plenty of sleepless nights as I'm sure many of you have as well. But like Hagar and the woman with the bleeding, in the middle of my struggle, I know that God sees me. Even though I can't see him, I know he sees me and he's been giving me the strength to endure this season. Now, This might surprise some of you, but I've actually managed to train Jason to make me a cup of coffee and bring it to me in bed every morning. It's impressive, I know. And uh, while I sit there with my coffee, I'm actually disciplining myself to read my Bible and to journal. See, for me, if I get straight up out of bed, I'm just onto the day. I get distracted by everything else. And that time alone with God gets left behind. But in these moments, as I sit quietly with God, I'm choosing to open my heart to him. I'm choosing to give my day to him. And I'm now in a season with adult children, so it's been a lot easier for me to find the time and the discipline. And now, because I'm not having to travel to the office, I'm actually getting to spend more extended time um, sitting in God's word, writing and praying. And it's become a lifeline to me in this season. After so many years of having dependent children, it actually feels a bit unusual and a little indulgent, to be honest. But I'm experiencing God's presence more intimately than I have for a very long time. As I sit with him every day, as I encounter the living God in his word and as I allow his word to speak to me, He's been strengthening me and equipping me. He's been healing me of the pain and the anxiety and he's been giving me the courage to keep going one day at a time, even though the circumstances haven't really changed that much. You know, I have a certainty that God sees me. He sees my struggles and he's right here with me. I know that not everybody is able to do this. Like I said, it feels very indulgent even for me. But I really want to encourage you 
that in this season, it's important for you to find your way of connecting with God, whether it's quick moments that you're finding in the busyness of your day, whether you've got worship music playing in the background of your day, or whether maybe for you, the quietness of night once the kids have gone to bed, maybe that's the time that you can sit and connect with God. But find your way. Choose to allow him to speak to you and give you the strength to endure the struggles that you're going through. This is so important. Right now, you might not be where you want to be and God's plan might not look the way that you thought it was going to or it might be harder than you would choose for it to be. The struggles you're experiencing might be incredibly rough and you're exhausted you're overwhelmed, you're full of anxiety and and depression. Maybe you're lonely and you've been mistreated. You're feeling abandoned and you don't know what to do. You know, God sees you. El Roy sees you. He sees your struggles and he has the strength to give you, to help you endure. Now, I love this verse in 2 Chronicles Chapter 16, it tells us, For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. He's not a God that is made of stone or wood. He's not a God who is distant. God actually clothed himself in flesh and blood in the man of Jesus Christ to show us what he was like. He is the image of the invisible God. And right now, he sees you. El Roy, he sees you. His eyes are always on you. He knows your name. He sees your pain and he wants to heal you. God sees your struggles and he has the strength to give you to endure. Will you choose to open your heart up to him this morning and allow his presence to be at work within you? Now, I want to pray for us right now and I'd really love for you just to close your eyes, maybe put out your hands, just take hold of something of the truth that God wants to speak into your heart this morning. God, I pray that in the midst of our circumstances, I'm so grateful that you see us. God, where we're empty right now, would you fill us up? Where we're overwhelmed, would you give us peace? Where we're lost, would you open our eyes that we might see you and discover that you are indeed El Roy, the God who sees us and is present with us in the midst of whatever we're going through right now. And God, I want to pray a special blessing on our mothers today in the midst of upheaval and change. God, would they know your peace? Would they know your wisdom? Would they know your patience? And would they know your incredible love for them? In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Now, we have a special treat for you today being Mother's Day. We're going to finish this morning with a beautiful song of blessing sung by some of our mums from all our campuses. And as this song plays, I just want to encourage you, you can either sing along with it 
or you can allow the words to minister to your heart. He is the God who sees you today. Be blessed.
I pray that that song blessed you today. I pray that right now your heart is full. I believe that is a song of blessing over our nation right now. I believe that God wants to bless our nation. I believe that He's turning His face towards you and He wants to bless you personally. And maybe today you've never considered that you could have a personal relationship with God. Maybe you thought about God as being a distant fantasy or a nice idea. But you've never thought about a God who sees you, who knows your name, whose heart is for you. A God who does not shout at you from heaven to condemn you but a God who actually came to earth to save you so that you'd never have to live condemned. Jesus Christ is the image of the invisible God. He died on a cross to save you from your sins and He rose from the dead to give you new life. See, God has turned His face towards you. The question is, Will you turn to Him and put your faith in His Son and receive new life? If you'd like to do that today, I'd love to lead you in a prayer. And I know that God is going to bless you. I'd love to lead you in a prayer. And then I'd love you to let us know by just pushing that button, just saying, hey, I prayed that prayer today. I raised my hand. I'm choosing to put my faith in Jesus Christ to forgive my sins. You see, there's no other name that can save you from your sin and give you a personal relationship with God because there's no other God who came to earth to die in your place. Hey, if you'd like to know the blessing of a personal relationship with God today, would you please pray this prayer with me as it comes up on the screen? Pray along with me. Jesus Christ, I am sorry for the things I've done wrong in my life. Please forgive me. 
I turn from everything that I know is wrong and choose to follow you. Thank you that you died on the cross for me so that I could be forgiven. Thank you that you offer me forgiveness and promise me new life. Please come into my life so I can know your power and your grace forever. Amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer today, why don't you just let us know by pushing that button on the screen. We'd love to connect you and help you to grow in your relationship with God. Why don't you, if you're still in the chat, just cheer everyone on who's made that decision today. God is going to bless you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May His face shine upon you and give you grace today and forevermore. God bless you, church. We hope you've been blessed by this message. We are a growing family and we'd love to see you at one of our Sunday services because everyone who comes through our doors is welcome. You can find out more about our community and locations at gatewaybaptist.com.au.